Welcome to TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers. I am Dr. Eileen Hale, the COO of our organization, this program called Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers. We are a program of the Rhodes Education Foundation. Today we have a special guest with us, Marianne Achiez. I'll let her pronounce her name better than I can do. But she's joining us from France today, and she's an English language teacher who is teaching online through YouTube. And she's going to share with us how and why she started her YouTube platform. And for those of you who are interested, we will be following up with how, with technical details of how you might be able to do something similar. So welcome, Marianne. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for, for having me. I'm, I'm very happy and excited to share all the secrets. And um, yeah. <laughs> Great. You're, we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Could you just share a little bit more background of even maybe what you were doing teaching before you started this online YouTube program that you have and why you started to develop curriculum with YouTube? Yeah, sure. So um, I teach only adults, French adults who want to have a better English level. And I focus on intermediate level. So my previous experience was um, just teaching English in general. I wasn't really focusing on any type of level, any specific people, nationalities. But I thought it would be better to niche down and find um yeah some like some kind of niche which will be easier to attract clients and also easier to create content for because if you create content for everyone um in the end it, it doesn't speak to one specific person and and it's not really efficient anymore so that's what i did before and now i'm only focusing on intermediate level and um usually b1 that's the level i have in france and yeah, I'm, I'm using YouTube now, which is very different from before. Um, I, I was only teaching face-to-face -face before. I was driving to companies, spending hours in the car, in the traffic, which was awful. And when COVID hit, that, there was a big change. And like, it was, it was a good change for me. I don't know if it was the same for everyone, but... It was yeah. a good change for me because it kind of forced me to put my business online and to try to find clients online, to be more open to that and learn like from scratch, basically. That's amazing. Interestingly enough, uh, one of our board members, Kira Sage, does something very similar to what you're doing. And she is doing the same in Silicon Valley, California driving to clients and spending a lot of time in the car. Um, so it's great to see the migration in a positive way to what you can do online. Yeah. So um, can you just give us a quick kind of broad overview of how you've been developed your clientele? Obviously you sound like you had clientele before, so you brought them to your online platform, but even how you were able to build up new clientele from there and how it's working behind the scenes. Okay, so yeah, um, basically I usually teach with 
a limited amount of hours. <laughs> so my clients, they usually have two months program um, and they can repeat the program if they want, but uh, that's, how I, that's how I work. And I use YouTube to help them have a different kind of content, to have extra listening practice and um, just to, to have something that is a bit more casual as well. That is not like grammar lesson or um, like camp feels. No, it's, it's just a bit more casual. They can just watch it when they want, uh, how many times they want as well. And they can learn from it as, as they go, really. That's fantastic. How did you just start developing the content creation? Um, you know, what did you start with for your first YouTube? And how did you know what to include, what not to include? There's a lot to learn on this new platform. Yes, YouTube is a, is a different platform. It's, it's quite complicated. And if I look back to my videos, the first ones, I think I actually not deleted them, but <laughs> they're on private now <laughs> because yeah. it wasn't actually my niche. And I started with very broad, very general subjects. And, um, and the, the quality was good, but it's not what I should have focused on so um so yeah i think i think they're not on youtube anymore but the thing is um you you need to think before just jumping on, on youtube you need to research you need to take time to think of the types of videos you want to post the length of the video you want to post um and the content of course and, and that's where the niche comes very handy you need to have a very specific niche for youtube especially for language teachers, because with the English language, you have tons of videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it, again, if, if you're not too niche down, so if you don't have a very specific um, level or maybe nationality or maybe subject, it could be business or um, I don't know, uh, trade or I don't know, any kind of very specific subject, it's going to be very difficult to grow and, and to attract anyone because you will just be lost in the the flood of videos really <laughs> yeah that's a good point and i appreciate um you've mentioned for our listeners the importance of finding your niche your special spot of who your clients are and as marianne mentioned um she has french clientele that are intermediate level adults correct exactly yeah that's it and that's really important i think like you said the more narrow if you will in your focus the better success you may have because if you try to do too broad of a stretch of your bandwidth uh you might lose your benefit of having a really great focused uh lessons that you can prepare how many clients do you have currently um currently i haven't counted <laughs> <laughs> But I would say I have about 15 clients at the moment 15, that, are doing, yeah, that are doing the same program online and, and working with YouTube and all the different content I put out there. So you do live sessions with them at the same time as, the, as YouTube or you give them YouTube as like homework, so to speak? And Yeah, YouTube is extra. Um, and sometimes I use... YouTube videos as warmers as well, which is very handy. So I have a playlist 
which is um, English lessons. <laughs> and so every time like I need an idea for a warmer or something at the end, you know, when you have 10 minutes, let's say, and you don't really know what to focus on, you know, you can just copy paste the video and, um, and focus on one specific, specific thing of, of the video. So uh, it comes very handy to have uh, videos on YouTube for that, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Are these ones that you're sharing publicly on your site as well for our listeners? Yeah, they're all public and uh, everyone can watch them. Um, but when I use them in, in my course, my program, I, I make it more individual because it's all individual lessons. So, yeah. of course, I can choose the, the one video that is quite good for the specific student, depending on the level, the needs and, and the topic of the day. So, yeah, it, it's much more specific. That's great. Can I ask, um, how do you go about charging your clients on this platform and how you, you charge them for your class and do you charge them for the YouTubes as well? Or how does that work for, again, for our listeners to understand better? Yeah, sure. So you can't really, I mean, you, you could uh, charge for YouTube, but the platform is free. So I, I don't really know how it could work to include that, uh, but you could definitely include that in your price. Um, what I do is people, when they come for my program, uh, because it's online, you can't really tell them, well, give me cash. <laughs> it doesn't right. work like that. So uh, you usually have PayPal or Stripe or transfer. I use usual bank transfers if they're in France. That's the, the usual payment. And I do that beforehand uh, because I believe it's just the best option if you don't want to have any surprises um and and you know people are more involved as well in the program if it's paid in advance than if it's just at the end and and then they forget about you <laughs> um, yeah but for the youtube um in for me it's free and and i use it as extra as i said extra lessons um but for example what i did is i created another product aside from my um lessons and in that program, in that course, it was um, just 20 common mistakes people are making in English. Yeah. And I did four YouTube videos and I, they are private and I added them to that product. So in a way, they paid, I guess, for the YouTube videos, but um, it's included in the price, you know, that of the product. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I've heard of some subscri subscriptions to a YouTube channel, for example. That's why I was asking that. Yeah, question. you can. But I think there is, you know, with YouTube, you have a limit uh, that you need to need a limited amount of subscribers that you need to have for that. Uh, and I think it's quite high, really, really high. OK. Yeah. So it's, it's not the first thing you, you have in mind when you start. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. So for your YouTube creation, how frequently are you creating them and how do you develop the content of them specifically? Mm -hmm. For the content, I try to look at what my regular clients ask me about because it's usually the same questions again and again. So yeah. I, I create content with that. And I also look at what is trendy. So I look on TikTok, YouTube videos, Instagram, all the different platforms. And I try to create videos from that. 
Um, it could also be with the calendar, like, is it Christmas soon? Yes, okay, let's create some videos about Christmas because that's very easy to do. And people usually enjoy these kind of uh, specific topics as well, or Thanksgiving or, yeah. Um, so that, that's usually about the content. And as for the creation side, I usually film um, twice a month, I would say. And I post one video per week, but usually I, I'm not really organized. <laughs> so sometimes I end up filming lots of videos or I'm a bit late and, uh, and I need to, to film them because I need to post them the day after. So yeah. yeah, that's the thing with YouTube as well. You need to be very organized because as all the social platforms, you need to stay consistent. So if you post once a week, you post once a week and, and that's it. You can't really say, no, I will post in three weeks or one month. It doesn't work like that. So being organized is key. That's very important. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Are there, what are the other challenging sides of YouTube that you found uh, as you develop this online curriculum? You know, for your um, I, I think um, the content is quite easy to find. So the curriculum side is quite easy because we always have ideas and you have so many different ideas from online already that it's quite easy to, to not copy the idea, but to think, oh yeah, I could, I could actually talk about that and, and just add my, my uh, tips or the, the way I teach my examples and, um, and make it my own. But the difficult part is probably all the creation side. So the editing, the time that it takes. Um, and, uh, you know, having also having the money to invest in a camera. Because everyone says, yeah, you can start with a phone. But let's be honest, filming one hour video with your phone is not very practical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And learning about the whole editing process is quite a learning curve for most of us who aren't necessarily, you know, familiar with it and or competent at doing all the editing. Do you outsource anything or you do everything yourself? I do everything myself just because I tried one editor not a long time ago and I didn't like the result at all. <laughs> so I think, I think it's very difficult and from other people's opinions as well it's quite difficult to find the one editor that is going to be a good fit for you yeah um so yeah if you if you really don't have the time it's good to outsource but if you can do it yourself you know it will be done the right way and the way you like it so it's, it's probably better than yeah than regretting posting it because it's, it looks <laughs> awful <laughs> Right, right. And then you have to go back and forth with the editor on what you like. Yeah, in the end, it's just a waste of time, really. But yeah. yeah. Unless you find somebody that you really sync with, we say, you know. Uh, yeah, exactly. That has the same, the same views, the same ideas. And uh, also someone who is going to research from your previous videos and see what you like, right. which is, I think, probably very difficult to find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of challenges to that. Mm -hmm. So what are the greatest benefits, uh, the practical aspects of making the YouTube videos and using this for your teaching? What kind of feedback do you even get from your students and your clients? Um, so the first one is probably it's easier to attract clients, which is a great, a great thing. 
yeah. uh, because you know as I said we we have so many competitors like it's a it's a big world of, of language teaching and um, if people see you um, and they can actually watch a video of you explaining things they start to know and trust you and mm. uh, and that's just easier than to sell your course your program uh, or yeah just much easier to attract the clients so that's a big that's a big thing even if you don't have a lot of subscribers you know it's very important for them to see you and posting a photo on instagram is not the same at all it's not the same as a youtube videos where they they see you and, and they hear you as well um for example i have students they told me well i watched your videos and i understand you so that's fantastic yeah uh, because they're always a bit scared you know that they're not going to understand because it's in English. So right. it's also a way to reassure them. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I watched one of your videos when you were explaining this and it makes it so much more personal, you know, like you said, that personal connection. And also I appreciated how I actually studied French years ago, but how you, you know, it did an introduction in French to make people also feel comfortable that, you know, if they need the support of their first language, that you're there for them in that regard, too. They don't have to feel intimidated that everything's all English. And if they don't understand, you won't understand them. <laughs> yeah, like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So yeah. that's actually, you know, again, going back to your niche is that you're a native French speaker, but you're teaching English for French speaking clients for our listeners. So find your niche whether that be in your own country or a different language group, whatever that might be, but that's extremely important to your success. Definitely. Anything else? Sorry, you want to add to the benefits of doing this rather than even being in your car and driving around? If, if there's post-COVID, what would you do? Would you still continue along these veins now that you're having success in this area? Yeah, for sure. Um, I wouldn't like to go back to teaching in companies, for example, and, and driving around because I found that teaching groups, uh, when you don't really know the groups and you just go to the company and they say, yeah, we have that group. Okay, cool. But um, I, I found it that it was quite challenging and uh, it's a lot of preparation. You have mixed levels. It's not really what you like or you, you really want to do. So I think when you have something online and you can choose what you like, what you're good at and, and your niche, there is also a way of saying, I have my ideal clients and, and that's what I want to do. And I don't need to teach other people, uh, which they will be great for other teachers. But for me, I have this ideal client and, and that's the only, only person I want to work with. Yeah, that's actually very insightful because I don't think people realize, you know, the challenges of it sounds great to go to Google and <laughs> wherever you might be and teach these high level people at a tech company or something. But the challenges are often not discussed of how many levels there might be, all the different needs they have. So I like how you have your selected clients, if you will. That's actually really important. And then you build that relationship with them over time. Exactly. Yeah. And, and YouTube helps a lot. It helps a lot with that, I think. Yeah. Um, even if they don't speak to you directly, they, they think they think they do in a way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so and then you can comment and reply to their comments, etc. So there is a, a special relationship with uh, with YouTube and uh, and it helps with your ideal clients and attracting more of these uh, ideal clients as well. 
That's great. So just to kind of summarize a little bit of what we've discussed. So let's say you have 15 clients and you're posting one YouTube a week, but you're meeting with those 15 clients at least once or maybe twice a week as well. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually teaching quite a lot <laughs> because it's a two month program online. I teach um, each of them two or three hours a week, so I can't really have more clients. But yeah. uh, but that's great because I do, I don't need more clients. So mm-hmm. yeah, every every one of the clients have uh, has one, two or three sessions a week basically. Okay. End of videos. Okay, so you make one video for all 15 clients because they're the same level, you're able to stream. Exactly, it's the same level, they're following the same program that I adapt, of course, because it's individual lessons, but that's, that's the beauty of it. Then if you, if you find your perfect client, you have right. less preparation and it's less overwhelming for you and you can focus on interesting things <laughs> than just researching what kind of warmer you're going to do for 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right, right. What do you do when you have somebody approach you either higher or lower level than what you're teaching and ask for your expertise? Would you decline their, them as a yeah, client? Yeah, that's, that's a very good question. I think at the beginning, you accept kind of everyone because you need the money or you need the experience. Right. But, but now what I do is um, I usually tell them that I can't because that's not what I teach. And I refer them to other teachers that I know um and and I think that's a great way to network as well yeah Uh, if you have connections you can refer to them and um, and it's just building up and in the end everyone is going to refer people the correct and perfect person to the perfect teacher as well yeah that's great that you shared that with us thank you any other specific advice you would give teachers who want to specialize in an area like you have or become entrepreneurial, whether it's through YouTube or not, maybe not everybody has the ability to do what you're doing with YouTube, but even just being a competent online teacher, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who wants to launch into this area of teaching? Um, I would say just go for it because if, if you like it, then it's going to show and, and people are going to enjoy um, watching you or reading what you have to say. So yeah, just go for it, but make sure you're ready as well. So research beforehand, try to look at other accounts, other teachers, what do they do, what is working or not working and uh, and find your niche, as I said, because it's very, it's very difficult to say just, I'm going to teach English. Okay. okay. Yeah, quite difficult. Yeah, even uh, I teach English in uh, Florida, but I speak Spanish better than I speak French. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, that would be a niche for me, for example, just having Spanish speaking speakers as like, because I speak Spanish, I feel comfortable working with them in English mm-hmm. in Florida where there's a lot of Spanish speakers. So thank you. Um, other teaching tips, can I just summarize what we've been talking about that you would like to share? Um, well, you, the other thing that is probably very important is to, um, to have a good mindset before you jump into the online, um, online course and online teaching because uh, it's a very competitive area and um, and you, you need to really love it if you want to to make it work 
because if you keep comparing yourself to others, it's going to be quite an awful experience, probably. So yeah, just have a good mindset and work and give uh, give good content to people, and uh, and it will it will be rewarded for sure. That's great. One thing we didn't talk about, it just occurred to me, was how do you keep track? I mean, what system platform do you use for your 15 clients in terms of, are they Google Docs that you have for everybody as you're tracking them over time? What platform do you use for your lesson plans, if you will, the individualized ones? So uh, what I did is I um, programmed everything. So the full program is, is already done, is already planned. And I have like a Google Doc with all my links, with all my warmer and the main activities and listenings, readings, etc. And different links as well from the YouTube playlist for my, for my English lessons. Um, so that's really practical because I just need to say, okay, today's lesson one. I'm going to look at lesson one. I have this and this planned and I just need to click and everything is already done and ready. So that's, that's also a good tip if you don't want to waste your time. Um, planning every day for the same kind of lessons that you have. So planning something in advance and you can always adjust and, and make, you know, um, you know, differences depending on the levels, but uh, at least you have the core that is already done. Um, and I use Skype for the individual lessons and Zoom if I have group sessions, uh, because that's just the most practical one, probably. Okay. And all the editing is done on iMovie, which is free on, on Apple uh, products. So that's great. And, um, and something also very practical is Calendly, which is a, a free website where your students, they can actually book the lessons. And um, it is uh, showing the calendar depending on your activities, lessons, so everything that you planned on your own calendar, it will show that it's not available for them. And so they can book what's available in the end. So you don't have to call them and say, oh, when are you free for the next session or send emails and no, to just do everything themselves, <laughs> which is, uh, yeah, great. I think that's a great tool. That's a wonderful resource for our listeners. Again, that's Calendly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's in our notes like calendar, but it's C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y.com. Again, that's in our notes. And Varian has also mentioned a couple of things, Skype or Zoom for the meetings, iMovie for editing, as well as some other resources she shared before with me was ESL Brains. Do you want to share a bit about that and National Geographic as you use for their content? Yeah, so these two websites are fantastic and you can find um, already made lessons on there. Um, and I would say it's more intermediate or advanced levels, um, but it's just, it's just really good materials. And uh, you have videos there, um, grammar, vocabulary, everything is, is already made, but in a really good way. Um, and National Geographic is just fantastic. <laughs> you can read articles um, about the planet, the environment. So it's great for specific vocabulary as well. Um, and they have readings with different levels. So the same reading is, um, is meant for A2, B1, etc. 
so it's adapted which is really good that's wonderful thank you for sharing these resources with our listeners again esl brains b-r-a-i-n-s.com and nationalgeographic.com are both great resources for developing your curriculum i'm just going to return one more time to our top teaching tips to summarize do your research, spend time observing others on platforms of your choice before jumping in. Discover what you're good at and what you really wanna teach. Even within that, your niche of the clientele that you want to teach, whether it's beginning, intermediate or advanced and whether they're French speaking what their first language might be or broader than that. Have a positive mindset, don't compare yourself to others. Jump in and you'll have great success, we hope. Um, if you want to reach Marianne, can you share places and ways they can reach you or follow up with you? Sure, yes. Uh, on Instagram, it's kind of cozy. And my website is the same. So it's K I N D A C O S Y dot F R. <laughs> and my YouTube channel is English with K C. So the two letters K and C for kind of cozy. Great. I appreciate your resources for us and sharing your great expertise. Marianne, you. uh, if those of you who are listening, we appreciate your participation today. And if you would like, uh, you're interested in a follow-up workshop with Marianne, please email us at tteltinfo at gmail.com. She has a busy month, but uh, if there's enough interest, we will reach back and see if she can present a live workshop with us. So again, please indicate your interest at tteltinfo at gmail.com. And you can even mention in the subject line, YouTube creation or online teaching with Marianne. Thank you so much, Marianne, for your time today. Any final comments or ideas that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Uh, well, thank you so much, first, and uh, I was very glad and happy to share some of the secrets, if I can call that secrets, and if anyone has questions and is interested, I will be happy to do the, um, the workshop, so yeah, don't hesitate. <laughs> thank you so much, we really appreciate it, and uh, we'll be in touch with you, and greatly appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, thank you. Mm -hmm.